it's Luke. Are we starting to see a blueprint for what the Phoenix Suns playoff rotation could look like? We get going Monday at 10 a.m. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Waiting for that. Hooker on the drive. Gets past Whitmore. Runs one up. Off the window. No good. Nurkic the offensive rebound. Bodies up Shangu. Puts it off the glass and in. Count it. And the foul. The big time. Deuce and damage for Yusuf Nurkic. 3 o'clock hour here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Welcome back. Uh, and thanks for hanging out with us here on this Friday afternoon. I hope we are keeping you informed and entertained as you head into Sean the Sean Bloom entertains me. God, he's so good. <laughs> I continue to say he's such a good play-by-play guy. When I'm in the car and I'm listening to him sometimes, I'll yell along. The deuce and the damage. I'll just I'll yell it because when I, I know it's coming, right? Like I'll I'll, I'll do that with them every now and then. Um, did we not see kind of the best and worst of Yusef Nurkic <laughs> all in one neat little package last night? Why we love him and at times why you go? You like we've we've spent a lot of time propping up Nurk the last couple of days and deservingly so. Yeah, there's been a lot of columns. Uh, John Voigt did a great column on Bright Side of the Sun about how the trades worked out. A lot of people recently have done articles, you know, knocking DeAndre Ayton a little bit sure. or just like meddling numbers for a bad Portland team while Nurkic has been. And a lot of the credit to Nurkic goes with staying healthy, but a lot of it also goes with like go do a deeper dive into his numbers and you're going to see that he's having a really good season. One of his best seasons yes. with how efficient he has been offensively and defensively. And, and I don't want for a second anyone to think that I'm not happy with the trade, that I don't think the Suns won the trade. They did. They the won it going only away. Well, not really, because, you know, we're going to talk about some of the things we didn't like about Nurkic last night. Oh, okay. But I was watching that game, and Hacken Nurk was tough to watch. Not that that was entirely his fault, but it was tough to watch. The turnovers were brutal. Seven. Brutal last night for Yusef Seven. Nurkic. Yeah. And, and, and just his, and this is me nerding out a little bit basketball-wise here, he still sometimes, his inability to finish around the rim it it drives you mad sometimes. His he's got he, like limited touch around the rim. Like he's 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 got a two footer and he just doesn't quite have the right feel. His percentage of shot. I have to go back and look at it. But like his percentage of made shots just around the rim, it's not great. He doesn't. He's they they said when he came here he doesn't have good touch around the rim. He doesn't have good touch around the rim. And there are nights where I see them. They've got this huge advantage with him down low. Last night, they were clearly feeding the big guy down low. And that's great as long as he's making those shots when he's near the rim. But he missed more shots than he made. Yeah, he was, what, 4-10, four four I think, from ten. the rim? I saw him take one three. I don't know if he took more than one three, but he clanked the three-pointer uh, that he took. But there was an impact in his game, despite the seven turnovers no and the question. four for ten. Like late in the game, he was able to block a shot, and then he ju- he forced a jump ball. He won the jump ball and tipped it to Durant, and then he got it back on the other end and scored and got fouled. He missed a free throw, but you can see he was very invested in the game, and he made a couple of big plays when they really needed him to. So I think, you know, there were moments in the game where he really shined. His overall game, you could pick it apart for the missed shots and the missed free throws and the turnovers, but it wasn't like Vogel took him out because there was an advantage size-wise. Eventually, he fouled out of the game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the thumb injury... Which the thought, and it's a left hand, it's not a shooting hand, but still, I imagine, you know, just affects him when he grabs the ball. He did struggle with the free throws. EJ was talking about that last night during the, I know you were at the game, but EJ was talking about during the broadcast how just having, even though it's not a shooting hand, it just affects how you feel the ball, how you, how you touch it, how you, whatever. Um, he said, look, I keep doing hack and nerk 
go for it is what he said after the game. I love it, man. I hope they do that every game. 16 free throws, I take it, you know. Uh, and, you know, I showed the pass that I'm not really Shaq like tonight. You know, obviously, I was definitely Shaq tonight, but 8 for 16. But um, hopefully they do the next game too. You know, I would love that chance to you know, shoot free throws like that. But um, no matter what I'm dealing with, or injury I'm not, I have to make these free throws. No excuse. And again, I know I'm repeating myself here. I'm really happy with Yusef Nurkic. His free throw shooting is the same percentage it's been for the last three years. 66 to 69 in that range. Last year was 66. This year it's 67. Two years ago, 69. Four years ago, 61. So he's not a great free throw shooter. No. Great strategy by Houston to say, okay, let's let's stop the clock. Hope he clanks a couple and get the ball back. And it's kind of, you know, worked for them. It worked for them because it got him back in the basketball game. But there are so many things that he does that they need. The the rebounding they need. The physicality they need. His, his, and just the fact that he has got his guys back. And after that, that stuff with Whitmore and Devin Booker. Yeah. You know, you mentioned the blocks. He immediately blocked not one, but two of Whitmore's shots in the very next possession. Got the whole crowd in and everything, right? He owns Sanguine in the game. Yeah, oh, I mean, he got him kicked a, out. Yeah, he got him so frustrated because he was so just many fouls. bang, bang, bang. He was out of the game. Nurkic after the game said, absolutely, I will always have Devin Booker's back. I'll have anybody's back. I mean, the kid, you know, did some some bullshit in, in uh, Houston, too, we remember. So they want to play that nonsense basketball. They, I understand they're young and, you know, they got to fight up and they you know, have a good coach, and you know I think they great you know setup for the future. But it's just we don't want to play the anti basketball, and I want always have, you know back on my teammates. You looked pretty fired up after that. How did that kind of just spark something in you and also the team? Yeah, almost I knew it's gonna happen regardless. You know I know he he tried to go out there. You know sometimes I use my you know jump ability to block shots. Sometimes not, but. Um, don't want to get a foul trouble, but um, in the end of the day, it's a basketball. But you know, hopefully, those stuff not you know cross the line and people get injured. So that's the you know big, the biggest thing. Kind of find them you know between lines. Overlooked quite a bit, but just the difference in physicality. Uh, something we've never talked about. The physicality of Nurkic compared to the non-physical oh. nature of the Andre Ayton. Oh my God! It's like the Andre Ayton was a very finesse. Type yeah. player. Trust me, as a Nick fan, I always hated that about Patrick Ewing that he just it was all finesse and there was no physicality for somebody that tall. They had to go out and make a trade to get Charles Oakley to come play power forward for them because they just didn't you know they didn't have a, a bruiser and they needed somebody like that. So but Aiden is a very finesse, non physical player. And Nurkic is a beast, the Bosnian beast. He's a beast. He's a physical guy. That adds an element to the Suns that they desperately need. Yeah, no, no, no doubt. And and that physicality. And boy, you're right about Sanguine, man. He just he he, he the, the pounding, and then the fact that he got called out on the wrong end of that. He got run. He got into the ref's face. It, it's just there are these parts to his game. And like I say, last night. I think you saw it all on display. You, you saw the rebounding. It was terrific. He had 13 of them. He had 22 against the L.A. Lakers at times. Most times, he is by far their most effective, committed, dedicated rebounder when they've got five on the floor. And you need that guy out there. His passion for his teammates, his passion to be here, his health, knock on wood. It's been it's been great. He will this play. Year. If he plays in two more games, he will play. He'll have played in more games 
than any point since the 2018-19 season. Since 2018-19. In 19-20, he played in eight games. In 2021, 37-21-22-56. 22-23-52. He's already played in 55. So he's on a verge with two more games of playing in more games at any point since 2018-19. I think I can live with his misses at the rims. I think I can live... With with it's the turnovers, and you know me, I'm always going to go back to the turnovers. You can't have seven te- turnovers out of Yusef Nurkic. You just can't. You just can't. That that's gotta. You know, I, I think I think it was his fifth game this year with five or more. You know, which which some people think is a lot, but I, I don't I don't know if that's a ton for him um, in terms of how many games that he's had. He's just got to be cleaner and better with the ball because if he starts getting sloppy, this whole team is prone to being sloppy with the ball. Can't have Yusef Nurkic being sloppy with the ball like that. I think if, if if we looked at it, I'd be surprised, and I don't know for sure, but I think if we looked at it, I would I would think that because they don't have that traditional point guard, that everybody's turnover rate is probably up a tick or two. You know, that everybody's turning the ball over a little bit more than they usually, you know, turn the ball over. So that's what I would just think because of, you know, because like Kevin Durant's 3.2 turnovers per game last year was 2.5. So I would think everybody's probably up a little bit from like the last year or the previous year just because they, they don't have a traditional point guard. Yeah, I mean, Nurks, I just looked it up. Nurks about the same. A little less, actually. Nurk in the last four years was two turnovers, 2.6, 2.3, and this year he's 2.2. So he's a tick lower. And he's playing roughly the same minutes here as he was with the Portland Trailblazers. Maybe last night was just an aberration, but um, Nurk is, he's, he's a load, man. He is an absolute load. When we come back, we're going to stick with the Suns because something else about last night's game and the state of the Suns moving forward that we've all taken notice of the three-point shooting it's really obvious somebody is telling the Suns to take more three-pointers is it working we'll talk about that coming up on the Burns and Gambo show It's Vince Murata. Join us on Monday morning. The Phoenix Suns schedule gauntlet began on Sunday with Oklahoma City. How'd they fare? We'll get into that and more starting at 6 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Tip jar. Gambo doesn't have his headphones in yet. He doesn't know what it is. Oh, okay. You like this song? Oh, Mr. Blue Sky by Electric Light Orchestra. Absolutely. What's so funny? What What are you laughing about? What? I like Sweet Talking Woman. She hit the song. I looked at her and I said, it's a tip jar song. And if they don't, I will. And then you, before coming back on air, said to our in our separate comms, tip jar. Tip jar. And then we fist bump. There you go. Yeah. Tip jar. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, ELO is a wildly underrated band from the 70s. I don't disagree. Wildly under. Everyone's like, ah, they're just a bunch of Beatles ripoff artists. Well, th- that doesn't mean they're not good. Really good. Really good. Good what job. What was your favorite song? Ooh, if it's not Don't this bring me down. one, it's Don't probably, um, 
Evil Woman. Evil Woman. Good song. <laughs> I like Evil Woman. <laughs> yeah, Evil Woman. Yeah, I like that one too. My young crunk brothers, as Wolf would say, Google Electric Light Orchestra. Good songs. Really good songs. All right. Devin, but we mentioned the we mentioned the stat earlier, an amazing stat uh, about Devin Booker never getting seven made three pointers in a game. He was trying for it last night, that's for How sure. How long did it take you to do it? I stopped. We started having a conversation. Okay. We, we were joking earlier that Kellen had this amazing stat in his game story at ArizonaSports.com about how Devin Booker in the regular season, when he's got six made three-pointers in a game, in all of his regular season games combined where he's made six, he's 0 for 37 when trying to get the seventh three-pointer. Crazy. And you said it would take you two hours to find a stat like that. Two hours. I said it would take me maybe 10 minutes. It probably took Kellen five because he's just so got away. You try it. I was going to try to see how long it would take me. And, to and look it up. Okay. We started talking about... Pizza something. or something. something. I, <laughs> I was just like, pizza? Huh? What? Hey, pizza. It's, yeah, it's like squirrel. Um, here's Booker after the game on not being able to get to seven in a regular season game. This is a crazy stat, but you have now hit six threes and 25. That's why I shot that last one. <laughs> oh, do you remember the first time you hit six threes in a game? No. Rookie year, Indiana. Yeah. That might have been my first 30-point game, I think. What, 32-point game? Yeah. 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 I mean, when you think about that stat, are you like, it's, it's got to happen sooner or later, or do you even? I mean, it's happened in the playoffs. Oh. So, I'll take it then. <laughs> do you remember your first uh, game was said, nope? It was, I had 30 points in that game, right? Like, he, knew, he knows. <laughs> of course he does. Of course. Do you of remember the does. first time you just try and act like you don't? No, I don't remember it. Oh. But I, it was my first 30-point game. Okay, yeah, you remembered. Of course you did. He's taken 37 three-pointers across 25 games in which he's had six threes. Oh, for 37. Once he gets the six, he hasn't made one. That's incredible. Anyway, the point of this whole conversation wasn't so much about book. Look at the last four games since the All-Star break. Okay. You happy with it? 36 three-pointers attempted, 31, 40, 37. They've shot 42%, 23%, 42.5%, 35%. You know, I'm glad you asked that. Honestly, because you were at the, I'm curious to get your take on this too. Okay. Last night, to me, it didn't feel organic. It felt like they were shooting them for the sake of shooting them, especially Grayson Allen. There were a couple of moments in the second half where it felt like, I have been told to take more three pointers. I'm going to shoot this shot right he now. He was two of nine yes. from three. Yeah. Every shot he took was a three point shot. Every single shot Grayson Allen took was a three-pointer, no. but he missed a lot of them. If he if he goes to season averages, right, he's, what, 48%, 47%, he's going to make at least two more of those, right? If Royce O'Neal, he's, what, a 40% three-point shooter since he's been here, he was, what, three of nine? So if he goes to averages, he'll make, like, one more of them. I'm mostly happy. I still want them to kind of be in the flow of what they're doing, and a couple of them last night didn't feel like they were in the flow. But I do think overall, if you're— uh, because look, they've over these last four games, they're averaging about 13 made three pointers. That would put them right in the middle in the NBA. So and that's I'm I'm here for that. So 13. So the leader in made three pointers is the Celtics, then the Warriors, then the Mavericks, 
Then the Kings and the Bucks. That's your top five. The Suns are averaging 12 three pointers made. If you, so, if you, and it's like, okay, let me tell you. So it's one, two, three, four, five, six, eight teams below them. But if they average just one more per game, mm-hmm. they would jump one, two, three, four, five, six, seven more teams, and they would be probably right smack in the middle of the About league. 13th in the NBA, I believe, if they would yeah. make 13 a game. Yeah. And, and yeah, by and large, I'm happy. I'm happy. Are, are you, does it matter? I know you don't like it because you don't like what the game is become. I don't like the game, but in order to win in this game, there's too many games that we look at and we, you know, what's, what, what's one of the major things we talk about when the Suns lose a game? Three-point differential. The math. The math didn't work. Well, why didn't the math work? Well, there's several reasons why the math didn't work. One of it could be the turnover battle. Um, you know, the amount of more shots. This team took 12 more shots than you did. And it always includes the fact that another team made five more three-pointers or six more three-pointers or whatever it is. And you add that up. If you make five more three-pointers than the Suns do, that's 15 points. So that's a lot to overcome in a basketball game these days. And some teams figure, I don't have the same offensive firepower as the Suns, so we'll jack it up from three and we'll try to win a game that way against them. So some teams have kind of realized that that's the way we got to go when we play Phoenix. But, you know, it's unfortunate that that's the way the game is, but you can't lose that three-point battle because... You're taking all these mid-range shots when you, if you just take two steps back, it's a three. It reminds me of like the early days of NIL in college football. You could sit there and say, oh man, I hate this. I don't like it. I'm not talking about you, though I know you didn't like it. I hate this. I don't like it. I don't like what college football has become. Tough. This is the this is the world, right? This is this is the game now. You have to compete in this arena if you want to be among the best. And the coaches that got on board, the programs that got on board with NIL quickly were able to adapt faster than say like ASU. It took them years to kind of hey, you know what? We better get on this NIL thing because this is the wave of the future. Three point shooting in the NBA. Maybe they change the rules and maybe they try to toughen. We talked about this a couple of days ago where they try to like put a little more defense back in the NBA. And if they do, you'll have to adjust. But for now, if this is how the game is going to be, I would ra- I would rather the Suns be average or above average in how many three-pointers are taken per game than sitting in the bottom five of how many three-pointers are taken per game because I don't think that serves them well. Look, that game they lost to Dallas after the break. Yeah. Um, Dallas went on this crazy, like, 16 to nothing run. It was all three-pointers. So all three-pointers. It was five three-pointers and a free throw. Yeah. <laughs> Luca two-step back, three-pointers. Like, you know, it's it's the great equalizer in the game because you're never really out of a game if you've got that weapon in your arsenal. Here comes the tough part of the schedule for the Phoenix Suns uh, in, in, like, two kind of pockets. Uh, after Houston, and we're not looking past Houston on Saturday. That's going to be Samari Stoudemire night. He was there last night. Did you say hi to Stad? He was. I didn't, I didn't see him. Didn't? I was there. Thinking, I didn't see him, but he was there with his kid. He was sitting courtside. And, okay. Um, I did not. I did not, but he has his day. He'll have his day on Saturday. Saturday, they retire his number, then, and it's one more against Houston. Then after that, home against Oklahoma City on Sunday. Um, which is the second night of a back-to-back. At Denver on Tuesday. Oh, they play Oklahoma City on a back-to-back? Yeah, it's the second night of a back-to-back. I might revise my answer to the poll question. I might go, I might downshift to three. Who's the game before them? Oh, Houston. So the day after Houston, they play Oklahoma City. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Uh, home against Oklahoma City on Sunday on the second night of a back-to-back. At Denver on Tuesday. Home against Toronto on Thursday. Home against Boston on Saturday. At Cleveland on Monday. 
at Boston on Thursday. Five of those games are among the elite, elite, elite of the NBA. Just so you know, Oklahoma City played last night, lost to San Antonio. Yeah. the uh, They are off Friday and Saturday. Oh. Oh. So Oklahoma City Ooh. is not playing again until they play the Suns on Sunday. They get two full days off. Officer, I'd like to revise my statement, if I could, please. Put me, put me down for put me down for three, three wins in these six games. <laughs> I went everyone for that that second night of a back to back. I'm not a big fan of that. But as somebody pointed out on Twitter today, the Suns. It should be pointed out that Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. Um, they're like 11 and 8 against 500 or better teams this year. That there is an idea that against better teams, they will play better. They will raise their level to the competition that they're well, playing. They're going to have to do that because here it comes. Yeah. Here, here it, it comes. comes after the Houston game. Texas, your thoughts on the FanDuel text line at 620, 620 right now. When we come back, when ranking the very best players in baseball five years from now, where do we think Corbin Carroll is going to rank? And where will some of the other young players on the Diamondbacks rank along with him? That's coming up next in the Burns and Gambo Show. Coyotes at the Senators. Pre-game coverage today at 4.30 on ESPN 620 and the Arizona Sports app. Kudos to our uh, Alex Weiner, by the way, our MLB baseball writer from ArizonaSports.com, who tweeted out an hour ago, Christian Walker was right back at it, taking BP or... There he goes. Doing something. I'm playing the video right now to see what he's doing. He's just taking grounders at the at the spring training facility. So yesterday, remember, he got hit in the hand by uh, a pitch and left and didn't talk to the media afterwards. Then we found out at the end of our show that it was a contusion. X-rays were negative, but just the sight of him taking grounders, he's such an important part of what the Diamondbacks Huge. are doing, right? He's one of the best defensive first basemen in the game. And I know this happened during yesterday's show. Uh, but also a quick mention since we're talking Diamondbacks here for the next few minutes. Ryan Nelson uh, says to Tommy Henry, yeah, I, I saw what you did and I, I raised you. Yeah. He got 10 strikeouts in his two. Five innings? How yeah. many innings did he pick? He, he's, thrown, no, he, he's, he's thrown five so far? He's thrown five innings. Yes. And I think he's got 10 strikeouts. 10 in those strikeouts five in those five innings. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Remember, pretty listen, pretty, I, me and you have talked good. about this so many times. I mean, it's not just about who's going to be the fifth starter. It really is who's going to be the sixth starter. You're going to need a sixth starter. You're going to need a seventh starter. Very rarely do you ever see a team go through. Because yep. you your starting pitcher is going to make 33 starts, 32 starts. Mm-hmm. You know, especially your top three guys, your fourth and fifth guys. Sometimes you could skip a day with days off and stuff to get back to your top guys. But, you know, it, not everybody's going to throw 30, have 30 starts in a season. Yeah. Uh, MLB Network, a couple weeks ago, we talked about this on our show. I think you'll remember this. Um, unveiled their top 100 players in the game right now. Yes. Top 100 in the game right now. Right now. Corbin Carroll was number 18. And in the moment, we kind of had this conversation about will he have a Devin Booker like rise, you know, to get to the top to, 10, to get to the top 10. Right. I mean, Devin Booker, we've we played this game a lot with him where, hey, this year, Devin Booker's 33rd. You did the research. It was great. It was really great to watch the the rise that Devin Booker had. Now, he got to 10, but then he dropped one spot to 11. But where he started from, it was about a four year path to get from. 
where he was t- to a top 10 ranking in the NBA. And unfortunately, I don't have that research here with me now, but you basically summed it up pretty well. It was yep. like 33 to 19 to 17 to 10 to whatever. Corbin Carroll went from not ranked last year to 18 this year. Okay, Incredible. So... Fast forward, so we wonder how high can he go and how long will it take him to get there? Fast forward to this Bleacher Report article that that caught our attention today in which they attempted to predict MLB's best players five years from now. Corbin Carroll made the cut. He made the cut. And there are 12 guys listed. 12 guys listed. And he was the fifth, fourth I don't know if it was an orb. I don't know if it was. So Brian Bellow from a pitcher for the Red Sox. Yep. Uh, Jackson Holiday, the shortstop from the Orioles. Stud. Can't uh, miss, dude. Paul Skeens, the uh, right-handed pitcher for the Pirates. And then Corbin Carroll from the D-backs. I'll round it out. Wyatt Lankford from the Rangers. God, they have so much young talent on the Rangers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adley Rushman from the Orioles. Uh, Yuri Perez, the Marlins right-handed pitcher. Then Evan Carter with the Rangers. We saw last year, such a great player. Bobby Miller from the Dodgers. And then Julio Rodriguez from the Mariners. Oh, one more. Bobby Witt Jr., who just signed that big contract with the Royals. One more, too. One oh, more. Gunnar Henderson. Gunnar Henderson. Uh, Gunnar Henderson. Again, the, the Orioles are loaded with young guys. Loaded. Now, loaded. Now, some of these names you'll recognize if you're a casual baseball fan. If you're a hardcore baseball fan, you'll recognize most of these names. As you'll see, some of these names are guys that aren't quite here yet, you know, that are that are coming to the big leagues. And Corbin Carroll's kind of dropped right down in the middle of it. If it, you know, It's just one list. It's just one person's opinion. But if it's to be believed, you're talking about Corbin Carroll being a top 10 Major League Baseball player five years from now. And, right. and just for comparison's sake, when talking about the MLB Network's list, here are the top 10 players right now in the game. So the Bleacher Report is saying in five years from now, Corbin Carroll's going to be on this list. Okay. Julio Rodriguez, Garrett Cole, Jordan Alvarez, Juan Soto, Corey Seager, Freddie Freeman, Shohei Otani, Aaron Judge, Mookie Betts, Ronald Acuna Jr. A lot of those guys are pretty young. Freeman's not. Freeman's not. So Freeman's age is, he is, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to look it up right now, because he's been in the league for a while. I don't know if Otani's going to be on this list five years Freddie from now. Freddie Freeman's 34. He's not going to be on that list. I don't know if Mookie Betts is going to be on this list five years from now. Well, you know, Aaron Judge. I don't know if Aaron Judge is going to be on this list five years five from now. Five years from now, Aaron Judge will be 36 years old. Garrett Cole will not be on this list five no, years from now. Garrett Cole. So there's five or six of those guys you could say, those guys are going to drop, they're going to drop off. Mickey, Mookie Betts is 31. He won't, yeah, he won't so be on So five this list. years from now, 36. Hard to be bad. Hard to look at a guy past age 35 and think he'll be a top 10 player. Yeah, no. It, it, it is. I'm, I'm looking. There's just one more. Jordan Alvarez is 26, so he could very well. He's so, still young. Yeah. Interesting that Bleacher Report, the only player currently in the top 10 that Bleacher Report says will still be in the top 10 five years from now. Julio Rodriguez. It's Julio Rodriguez. Yeah. I think they might have missed. I think you're right. It's a good point. I think they might have missed a couple of names who are still going to be on that list. You know, Juan Soto is probably going to be on that list five years from now. There are a couple of others. Jordan Alvarez probably going to be on that list. But if Corbin Carroll can can do the things that we've talked about, you've talked about him becoming a 300 hitter. We've talked about him getting his home run total up to, to 30, 30, 30. From 25 to know. 30. 
in terms of kind of taking that leap and making that leap, Corbin Carroll could be, it's not a stretch to think that Corbin Carroll could be kind of like this generation's Ichiro Suzuki. He was I mean, all, they say he was one of the top defensive players in yeah. left field and right field, plus three above outs above average in left, plus two above average in right. So you throw that in the mix too. And of course the speed element, you know, being able to bring that speed element to the game, you know, is something not, he hits for average, he hits for power and he steals a lot of bases. That's a rare commodity in this league to have somebody hits for average, hits for power, steals bases. That Those guys are rare and unique and special. Those are special players. When we think of Vince Coleman and Lou Brock, we don't think of guys that hit home runs, you know? When we think of Dave Kingman and Cecil Fielder and I'm, when you think of like George Foster, when you think of home run guys, you don't think of speed. So, you know, you don't think of Reggie Jackson stealing bases, do you? No, of course no. not. No. So, are you, do you think of Luis Gonzalez stealing bases when he was hitting 54 homers or whatever it was? Sorry, like, Gonzo, if you're listening. No, I do not think of you. Yeah, he was slow. Sorry, Gonzo. Yeah, I love him. He was slow. It's because all the McDonald's he would eat every day before he came. He <laughs> I was he could barely run. Who was going to be the first to make the McDonald's joke about Gonzo, you or me? I was shocked yeah. to learn of Gonzo's typical McDonald's intake meal before, exactly. before a game. Right. It's like, damn, he ordered the whole store. Yeah, exactly. I wonder why he didn't steal bases. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but but those guys are... Do we ever think that Corbin Carroll is going to slug like those guys slugged? You know, like... No, but he hit 25. You know, we asked him about it last year. We had him on the show once, and we asked about this power, and he goes like, I've always kind of hit home runs. And we are kind of shocked by that. But I remember when you asking him, at some point we had him on the show, and he had a high home run number. We were talking about the home runs. He was like, well, I, I've kind of always kind of hit home yeah, runs. Yeah, but I, and I don't want to demean 30, because 30 is, is kind of a... That's a big number. It's a, it's a big number, but yeah. when you're talking about today's prototypical slugger, 40 is kind of the standard, right? Like 40 is more of the benchmark of, of like, if I, if I go look at the home run leaders from last year, I think the guys that we really think of as pure, true sluggers will kind of find that the line is closer to 40 than 30. Disagree? It's just so ingrained in, like, kind of who I, who I am to think of 30 as, like, a big home run number. It's hard to not think about that. Like to me, maybe you, you know, maybe you've, you know, you're able to, but it's, man, it's just, it's hard. It's hard not to think of Matt Olson hit 54. Kyle Schwarber hit 47. Pete Alonzo hit 46. Shohei hit 44. Ronald Acuna Jr. hit 41. Marcella Zuna hit 40. How many guys at 40 then? How many guys One, that? Count two, the three, four, five, six. Six guys hit 40. If you want 35 or more, 14. Hit 35 or more. 14 at 35 yeah, or more. I don't know if 30 is the number. There, there, are, there are 26 players who hit 30 home runs last year in baseball. I don't know if that's the number anymore. He gets closer to 35. I somehow had this flag. This, this is 1979 home run leaders. 1979. I, I, I saw this on this Super 70 sports thing that I that I follow. Uh-huh. Dave Kingman had 48. Mike Schmidt had 45. Gorman Thomas had 45. Those were your three guys in the 40s. And then a bunch of guys in the 30s. Dave Winfield, Bob Horner, Willie Stargell, George Foster, Freddie Lynn, Jim Rice, Don Baylor, Ken Singleton, Bobby Gritch. Those are the guys in the 30. You always think, I always just, I you know. I know, I, I think. If, if, if the, Corbin you're kind Carroll of a, can get to 30, that would be tremendous. Oh, I'm not saying 
it wouldn't be tremendous. I, I just think the the line is moving a little. The line has moved a lot lately. At least for me, it has. Maybe you can't frame up baseball in like that modern context with what you know the. But for me, a big home run number thirty's big, but it's not a big big number anymore. But the interesting thing, like okay, these number these guys, Dave Kingman didn't steal bases. Mike Schmidt didn't steal bases. No, Dave not. Winfield, yeah, Bob right. Horner, Willie Stars on George Foster, Gorman Thomas, Don Baylor. These guys didn't steal yeah. bases. He's he's different. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, all right, we're we're starting to do this more and more now. There's the Suns. They got the win last night against the Rockets. They got another one coming up against Houston. Scoreboard watching, taking a look around. Who are we worried about? Who's making a run? Who's not? We'll give you the latest and who we're keeping an eye on, including that team from the Bay Area. Next on the Burns and Gambo show. Hey, it's Wolf. What's next for the Arizona Cardinals following the NFL Combine? All eyes are on free agency. So what you gonna do, Big Red? We get going Monday at 10 a.m. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Lakers still trail by three, 315 to go in overtime. LeBron on the right wing. Three for the tie. Good. 131-131. Oh, the Lakers keep winning. Warriors keep winning. Warriors are, what, they've won 10 of their last 12. The Lakers have won 9 of their last 12. Last night, that was the uh, the the play that sent it in overtime. The Lakers, on the second night of a back-to-back, after rallying from 21 down against the Clippers, needed to go to overtime against the Wizards. So you talk about the toll on, on those older players, <clears throat> in particular LeBron. Yeah. He had 31 points in the game last night. He's, He's like, who you call an old <laughs> fool? <laughs> yeah, fool. exactly. Nine points away from being... In the first player in NBA history to score forty thousand, uh, which is very very impressive. Um, the 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 West is look. We've got twenty what three games to go for the Phoenix Suns. I think we're going to start doing this a little bit more and more. Just kind of taking a look around the West and trying to identify where the threats are, where the teams are, and how they're doing. And the Lakers and the Warriors, they're still a ways away from the Suns in the standings, but they're playing really well right now. How much does this forty thousand mark mean to the NBA that LeBron's going to score forty thousand points? He's going to do it at Denver, Mitch's Denver Nuggets, nationally televised game, nationally televised game. Yeah. Needs he's nine points away from forty thousand, a tremendous accomplishment. But yeah, Anthony Davis was great in that game. LeBron was great in that game. The Wizards have lost thirteen straight. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I saw something that Detroit does not have the worst record in the NBA anymore. Maybe it is the Wizards or uh, somebody because they've lost thirteen straight games or they're tied. But uh, I think I saw something today. I said, "Hey, you are correct. Don't look now. The Pistons don't have the worst record you're in the league correct. anymore. Bonnie for Coach of the Year. The Wizards are <laughs> nine and." 50, the Pistons are 9-49. and 49. Out of somebody, cellar. somebody give them the award right now, for goodness sakes. Okay, yeah, no. more concerned with the Lakers or the Warriors? Who are you more concerned? Warriors 1-2. They beat the hell out of the Knicks. Steph Curry was amazing. 31 points, 11 rebounds. Uh, Kaminga was terrific with 25. Curry had eight three-pointers. Chris Paul had 11 points and six assists. They beat the Knicks. Which team would you be more worried about facing, the Warriors or the Lakers? Warriors. Okay. You? I, I would agree with you. You know neither one of those teams scares me. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I, I still, you know, maybe something will change, but clearly the Warriors are playing a lot better right now. Yes, yeah. Um, they're winning a lot of basketball games, man. They win a lot of basketball games. Yeah, they are. Uh, like I say, 10 to 12. Here's Charles Barkley from yesterday on TNT. I'm so sick of these fools on other networks talking about the Lakers and the Warriors. We don't brag about any other play-in teams, do we? I understand Steph is great, LeBron is great. Ain't nobody worried about the Lakers and the Warriors in the West. You don't but think I, so? I, I would say this, Chuck. Okay, go ahead and say it, killer. <laughs> if Tom Brady was in a player in situation, you'd be like, that's Tom Brady. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's yeah. what LeBron three, and Steph are. Yeah, three years ago. Uh, man, nobody's worried about the Lakers okay. and the Warriors. They're playing good right now. But let me tell you something. We we be kissing these guys' ass so much. We don't brag about the number nine teams in the wet in the East. They ain't got no chance. The Lakers and the Warriors, they're on a little spell. They're doing well. LeBron was amazing last night. But they're not gonna beat those teams up top. But period. two of the best players that ever, ever. The game. I understand. They are. But they're not no threat to those teams in the West. So stop I, juicing them up. Didn't you play in teams make the conference finals last year? The Lakers. the Lakers and the Heat. The Lakers and the Heat. The Heat with the eight seed. The Lakers with a nine, nine seed, I think. Or seven with a seven. seven. One I think the they were seven. The Heat were the eight seed. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 Chuck is, you know, love But Chuck. he's right. Like, hey, let's think. They're not talking about the Bulls' chances of beating the Celtics. No, I, I, I think. And Kenny's right. It's because they have Steph and LeBron. Of course. Like, you have a puncher's chance. You got a puncher's chance. Yeah, you do. Um, also in the NBA last night. Um, oh, Victor Wembanyama. Oh, man. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I, I tell you, he is he is a thing to keep an eye on. He The, the battle between him and Chet Holmgren last night, which they're saying is going to be the next big thing in the NBA. The next big rivalry. The next big rivalry is going to be those two guys. Wembanyama, 28 points, 13 rebounds. Rebounds, seven assists, five blocks. He was five of seven from three. God, he's so good. He's just, I know you don't like stats like this, but I do, so I'm going to mention this. Go ahead. Third player since like the 70s to average 20 points, 10 rebounds, five assists, and five blocks over a seven-game span. The only other two guys who have done it, David Robinson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Since like 1973. Wow, that's some sweet company, man. Wow, sweet company. It's the admiral. There, I don't know what they're gonna do around him, and I don't know how long it's gonna take. But he is, he is so good. It's the reason why Popovich is still coaching yeah, right? right now. Totally, yeah. totally. Yeah, uh, you know, there is definitely a part of me that looks at the Suns and says, "Man, you better get one this year and next." You better get it. You better get it. Because Oklahoma City you better, is... You better, you better. <laughs> Sorry. You better, you better. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, who sings that? The Who. The Who. That's right. The who. Oklahoma City, young and talented with Holmgren, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and Giddy, and Dort, and uh, the other kid, the Williams kid. They're really good. San Antonio, man, if they get a couple of pieces around Wembenyama, like... Watch out for them. Like, the league is going to, you know, Golden State and L.A. will go by the wayside a little bit. Although Golden State has some good young players, so maybe they can hang around. But you almost feel like, okay, like your time to win it is is now. Denver's not going anywhere. Jokic and Murray are, you know, still in their prime for a while. Absolutely. But you do think that, man, there are some young teams that could be the future in five years. Okay, so here's where it stands right now. Suns, after everything that happened last night, and um, the Nuggets won. But I'm just looking at like the 
the Nuggets beat Miami. The, the Nuggets beat Miami. They had a, they had a hold off a rally kind of at the end. And Jamal Murray got hurt. We talked about that earlier. He hurt his ankle. We'll see when he comes back. The but I'm looking specifically at the six car pileup that is five, six, and then seven, eight, nine, and ten in the NBA's Western Conference. Suns right now are in fifth. They have 24 losses. The Pelicans are in sixth. They have 25. The Mavericks are in seventh. They have 25. The Kings are in eighth. They have 25. One game separating those teams. The Lakers are in ninth. They have 28 losses. Okay, so four-game cushion on the Lakers. The Warriors are 10th. They have 27 losses, but not as many wins as the Lakers, right. which so is why they're game, in 10th. Three-game cushion in the loss column on the Warriors, four on the Lakers. I think that feels I, I think it feels, because there's not a lot of games left. You're talking about... They played 59, so there's like 23 games left. I mean, four four or five feels pretty comfortable that yeah. you're not going to make that up. When we come back, just like that, we're at the 4 o'clock reset, so we're going to hand things over to Mitch, and he's going to get us caught up on what's going on in sports. Good night, everybody. Oh, no, 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 no,